0: Coming up on today's Locked On Big Ten, Kevin McGuire of Locked On Nittany Lions is in to try and answer the question, who's been the best quarterback in the conference so far and who will be by the end of the season? We'll try and figure it out right here on today's episode of Locked On Big Ten.
1: You are Locked On
0: Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. Alongside our Tuesday co-host and the host of Locked On Nittany Lions, Kevin McGuire, I'm Nate Dickinson. Kevin has plenty to be happy about, and we'll talk about that with all him right here as we start up the show. and. As we talk about it, Kevin, it's the biggest story of the day. Of course, every week the AP polls are out, at least until the official college football playoff polls get out, of course. But Penn State and right there, now moving up to four and five. It's a big, big move for the Big Ten to have those two schools right there, especially after having that loss from Ohio State. How important do you think it'll be at the end of the season that the Big Ten had these powerhouses
1: fighting and in the mix from the beginning? I think what we're seeing is the Big Ten is pretty competitive. It's not just Ohio State and everybody else battling for second place right now. (laughs) It may end up being that by the time we're all said and done. But for right now, everybody's got a little bit more of a sense of optimism that they can compete for a Big Ten championship. You just mentioned Penn State and Iowa. But Michigan is off to a, a pretty solid start. Michigan State has been off to a pretty good start, too. Uh, and I don't know if I'm ready to eliminate some of the other teams that are out there either. Uh, I know Wisconsin just took a brutal loss, but um, yeah, I still feel like you know that loss to Notre Dame doesn't hurt them in the Big Ten standings. So there's still ground to make up there. So everybody's got something to play for right now, probably more so than we've seen in a long time because it's very. It's very clear that Ohio State is not the same Ohio State they've always been and that the, the door seems to be cracked open a little bit. And when Ohio State is your third highest ranked team in the, in the major polls, you know, obviously it's still a long way to go, but it does kind of give you the sense that maybe this year is going to be a little different. Right. And we're talking about it. Let's run down it all again, just top to bottom Penn
0: State for Iowa five, Ohio State moves down to 11 from 10 last week, Michigan State goes up to 14 from 19 before, or I'm sorry, Michigan, Michigan State goes to 17 from 20. And then down near the bottom, we had receiving votes, Maryland, Iowa, St- Iowa State, sorry, uh, Wisconsin <laughs> and Rutgers also received votes too. Iowa State did receive votes, but obviously not a big 10 team. So, It's obviously a lot of representation from the conference, but what matters at the end of the year is being in one of those top four spots, of course. That's what every, at least, conference's biggest goal is. As far as where the Big Ten stands in that regard, I want to kind of get into this question about where things are at with Ohio State, because I think everyone's still thinking at the moment that if the Buckeyes can win out, win the Big Ten, they still got just as good a chance as any year to make that playoff. But with the way that everything's opened up right now, teams one through nine in the AP poll are all undefeated, Kevin. The way I see it, by the end of the year, six of those teams, if they win out, a maximum of six could still be undefeated by the end of the year. If that happens, I don't know if Ohio State has any sort of argument to be able to get in. You got the four power conference undefeated, then also Cincinnati and Notre Dame to consider as well. There's no room for Ohio State in that argument, if you ask me. At what point do we really start thinking about that? At what point when all these teams are still undefeated, is that really a worry? Because right now I think I'm with everybody else in the idea that Ohio State still controls its own fate to an extent. But at some point when we get into these conference schedules, if there's still a whole bunch of undefeated teams at the top of these polls... I'm wondering from you, at what point do you start to think about whether or not a one loss Ohio State team or any one loss Big Ten champion is going to be able to hold a spot in that top four and represent the conference in the college football playoff?
1: I think we're so early enough in the year where you can suggest that an undefeated Big Ten champion is going to be in the playoff. A one-loss Big Ten champion, completely different picture because it's not a guarantee this year. Uh, And you just outlined it. There are how many teams that are ranked ahead of Ohio State that are uh, undefeated. You know that some of those teams are going to be playing head-to-head. Georgia's going to play Florida. Uh, Alabama's going to have to play either Georgia or Florida, probably in the SEC championship. Penn State and Iowa in a couple weeks, too, so one of them has to lose at least once. So, yeah, Ohio State still knows that They're in a pretty good spot as long as they take care of their games. You know, if they win all their games, they're going to have some good wins because we just mentioned in the top 25. They still have to play Michigan top 25 team, still have to play Michigan State top 25, still have to play Penn State. Uh, You know, we could have a matchup with Iowa down the line, too. So there are so many opportunities for Ohio State where this season is not lost at at all. Uh, Obviously, a loss to Oregon on your home field. Is a little bit of a speed bump, but there's still so much football to be played. You know that so many other teams are going to lose games. As long as you don't lose another game, you're talking about a 12 and one or yeah, 11 and one, 12 and one <laughs> Big Ten Whatever champion is, yeah. Ohio State. Uh, that would still be a really good resume. That would certainly have a very strong chance to be included in the top four. The question is, uh, if Georgia ends the season with just one loss. Do you see them not missing the playoff, whether or not they oh, yeah. have the SEC championship? I mean, if Alabama's undefeated as your SEC title uh, champion and, and Georgia is the team that uh, loses, they, you know, one loss Georgia. From what I've seen so far, I think Georgia's got to be in the playoff, uh, given everything we've seen. That's a very dominant program right now. So you, if you got two spots going to the SEC, I think the ACC is kind of cooked right now. Uh, the big 12 is kind of hoping that maybe Oklahoma can fix a couple things, but not, right. that's not even a guarantee either. So a one loss big 10 champion could still have an edge over maybe an undefeated Oklahoma. If things are not p- paved a little bit better for the sooner. So it, it, there's still so many unknowns right now, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's fascinating to have these discussions right now. It is fun, but there's just so much. We just don't know right now. So, If you're Ohio State, keep your head up because there's still so much to play for. And that's the true fact for anyone in the Big Ten without a loss or even with one loss. I think that's the biggest thing about this season that's different from
0: maybe some of the others that we've had. There have been situations where the team has lost early and then just over the course of the season, other teams take a loss and a team like Ohio State can slip back in. This season, though, it seems like there's a lot of teams that are able to potentially fill in those cracks before an Ohio state team would like if any of, like we said, the other power Four undefeated teams lose Clemson in the ACC has already got two losses. Nobody in the ACC is going to make the college football playoff this year. If say one of the other power Four conferences has no undefeated teams, maybe Ohio state would normally slip in that this year. You've got that Cincinnati team. You've got that Notre Dame team. You've got the potential of, like you said, a one-loss Georgia team like there would be any normal year competing with Ohio State too. So the question becomes at the end of the day, I think, where does Ohio State end up in that kind of tier of the second tier should they or shouldn't they get in teams? If there ends up being four definite, no doubt about it, teams that are right now ahead of Ohio State, that could happen. So be it. But the question is going to end up being, Does Ohio State beat an undefeated Cincinnati? Does Ohio State beat an undefeated Oklahoma or one loss Georgia? I don't think there's any chance Ohio State beats an undefeated Notre Dame team. No way. It's one of those things where that squad has more to overcome outside of its own schedule than in previous years, just because right now the power is more spread out than it ever has been, at least in recent memory. And again, I've been preaching it and I'm going to keep saying it is why I think this season of college football is going to be a little bit different in a way that makes everything a little bit more exciting and competitive for everyone in the country. All the
1: fan bases, not just the Ohio States out there. You just mentioned Cincinnati and Notre Dame. Those two teams are going to be playing head to head, not this coming weekend, but I believe the weekend after. So maybe this is a good question for Jay over on Locked on Buckeyes. But if you're an Ohio State fan, who are you rooting for in that game? Because you just mentioned you know, one loss, Ohio State's not going to get in ahead of an undefeated Notre Dame. Right. You need Cincinnati to lose. And what would the, uh, the mindset be if Cincinnati is the team that is keeping Ohio State out of the college football playoff? It's one of those things where I still think that at the end of the season, if Ohio State takes care of the business, they may have some weight on their strength of schedule Uh, because their their one loss would have been to an Oregon team that still could make the playoff. And that's another interesting thing we got to throw in there. If it comes down to one spot between Oregon and Ohio State, sorry, that's got to go to Oregon, right? Right. So, I mean, Ohio State fans have a lot of things to try and figure out, I think, between now and when Cincinnati and Notre Dame play. And I'd be very curious to hear uh, from Buckeye fans and maybe Jay weighing in on exactly who they would be rooting for in that particular situation.
0: Yeah, I just think that right now, Buckeye fans are maybe a a little bit too secure in how much of a path they still have. Again, I still think it's uh, right now anything can happen. And obviously, Ohio State has an easy way to get in by other teams losing. But it could also just be that there are a lot of really good college football teams that aren't going to lose this year. So if that happens. Again, Ohio State could very easily win out, win the Big Ten title, and still be left out of that college football playoff. I think that likelihood is just a little bit more right now than people are at least accepting in Columbus. But that's conversations that we'll be able to have as the season goes on for sure. Right now, we're going to talk about quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Nobody has really stepped up as the top guy under center in the conference. We'll talk to Kevin about who could be the top candidate going into the conference schedule. His Sean Clifford of Penn State, a top one. Before we get into all of that and our first break, though, Kev, we'll, of course, on a Tuesday ask you, as we're still fresh off the weekend, what do you think about this weekend of football? Of course, your Nittany Lions picked up another big win, and there were all sorts of other things going on around the Big Ten for you to uh, honestly be happy about if you
1: like seeing other teams not do so well it was not a great showing all around for the conference no there were definitely some highs and some lows uh i've really focused on what was going on in the big 10 west obviously wisconsin having a 13 to 10 lead in early in the fourth quarter and then just having it completely fall out from underneath them against notre dame very shocking i think if anybody wasn't paying attention to that notre dame wisconsin game and you just saw the final score you would have figured that notre dame was in full control of that entire game that was absolutely not the case. Wisconsin just had no way of uh, stopping the steamrolling once it got going uh, by the Irish. So good win for Notre Dame, I suppose. They needed it, but Wisconsin still got to figure out what's going on with their offense. Iowa had a slow start, but they did yeah. figure some things out against Colorado State. So uh, I'm not necessarily you know, I'm a little concerned about what's going to happen with Iowa here uh, because it's been a couple of performances where it hasn't necessarily been what they were expecting to be. Uh, given what they did to start the season, so I still think they'll be a they're still going to be pretty tough. There's no question about that. Minnesota, what happened to Minnesota? <laughs> I'm sorry, I got to do it.
0: What happened though? I don't I don't know what happened to them. I I know it's it's something where I was ready to give that team I said yesterday the credit it deserved after beating up on Colorado last week, and then it had I believed it was like 2021 20, games at home in the non conference. It had won in a row. That winning streak snapped. A lot of people, again, as I said yesterday, said it was the worst performance in the P.J. Fleck coaching era, so I guess nowhere to go up for Minnesota, but up for Minnesota, but uh, yeah, I, we talked about it a bit with Jay yesterday, so I don't want to get too into it, but I, I just really think that one of the biggest things, and Jay pointed it out first, was that I don't really think that without the weapons, I don't know what Tanner Morgan is as a, a quarterback, because he's had those weapons before and looked good, and in college football, a lot of times that's all you need under center, but without Mo Ibrahim, without two NFL wide receivers he's had in previous years, that team offensively is really struggling and is, yeah, just trying to find out what it really is because it was more than just a four-point loss. It was a really sloppy loss, a game that Minnesota obviously should have won, was the better team for, but it wasn't like Bowling Green just came out and played some sort of excellent game either. Minnesota lost that game just as much as the Eagles want it. But it was, yeah, it wasn't good. Uh, anywho, we'll move on and talk quarterbacks here in just a minute. Tanner Morgan's one of them. Graham Mertz, we talked about with the Wisconsin games, another one struggling. Oh, and we'll talk about the ones who are doing good, too, in the conference as we get going on lockdown On Big Ten. Alongside Kevin McGuire, I'm Nate Dickinson. Hey, we've got more with Jay in just a second. But first, prize picks. Fantasy sports is, of course, always huge year-round, and sports betting is bigger than ever prize picks is a new way for you to do both. At prize picks, they do things a little bit differently. What you do is you pick from two to five player props, over unders on points or rebounds if you're looking at a basketball game, anything really. You can cross sports, cross teams. You pick your players and pick against the projected numbers. If you end up picking a string of things right, get a parlay put together, you could end up quadrupling ten times even more the money that you have. And again, this is all on player props, and if you're a college better especially, prize PrizePix is the leader in college sports daily fantasy. More props on college games, major conferences, mid-majors than anyone out there. If you want to give them a try, you can head on over to PrizePix.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up. You'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 on the site when you play. Again, it's PrizePix.com and the promo code LOCKEDON or go to the App Store and download the app today. PrizePix, daily fantasy made easy. Back in Unlocked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. Alongside our Tuesday co-host and the host of Locked On Nittany Lions, Kevin McGuire, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're talking about the quarterback position here in the conference. We talked preseason a lot about how really the throne in the Big Ten, the kind of spot of star of the conference was up for grabs. And through three, four weeks, I don't know about you, Kevin, but I don't think anyone's taken any sort of firm grasp on it, at least at the quarterback position. Right now, it seems like there are, as there are throughout all of the college football world, really, teams fighting for their position, just like they are in the Big Ten and in the AP polls that we discussed. Where do you feel like everyone stands in the Big Ten right now under center? And also, I want to know where you think your Sean Clifford stands in particular, because if you ask me, he's one of the best
1: performers that we've had early on
0: in this season.
1: Yeah, real quick on Sean Clifford, he is much more confident this season than we saw early on last year. He's not making bad decisions, and that has been a significant uh, step forward for him. And the results are certainly showing. He just had uh, the second 400 yard passing game in Penn State history this past weekend. Uh, and you know, obviously Penn State isn't necessarily known for their great quarterback lineage, but it's still a pretty cool fact to throw in there. Uh, he's having a really good year, and he's really developing a chemistry with his wide receivers. That certainly helps too. So. I think from what we've seen from all the quarterbacks so far this season, uh, as far as the big 10 is concerned, I think Sean Clifford is probably the top guy right now. Uh, I still want to see some more against some uh, more challenging opponents uh, moving forward, but yeah, I think it's um, there's nobody really else that's really standing out significantly as far as I'm concerned. I I don't think I'm being a homer saying that I just feel like that of all the quarterbacks that are out there, Sean Clifford's having the most success. He's having the, the most, Um, you know efficiency most biggest plays along the way and uh, I'm kind of curious to see where some of these other quarterbacks are going to be stacking up too I will say Talia Viola is also having a really good year for Maryland and I know he's got a big game this weekend uh, Friday night at home against uh, Iowa so that could be a game where he kind of um, lets everybody know that he's not just Tua's little brother as hopefully people have kind of grown to accept that but I think he's another guy that is certainly having a really good impact for Maryland. Yeah, Tonga Vailoa, I was just going to bring it up. Sean
0: Clifford's number two at quarterback rating in the conference in the Big Ten. Talia Tonga Vailoa is number one. Right now – Clifford, one of three quarterbacks through four games to be past a thousand passing yards. He's at 1158, but the leader is Tungvalu at 1340. He leads the conference in completion percentage. He leads the conference in touchdown passes at 10. He has been the best performer on paper throughout the season to start, but the biggest criticism has been that he really hasn't played the kind of competition that would warrant uh, you taking those stats as seriously. I should say also C.J. Stroud would be over a thousand passing yards easily if he had played that fourth game for Ohio State. Just something to note. But at the top of the list, as far as quarterback rating goes for the conference, you've got Tungavelloa 1, Sean Clifford 2, Peyton Thorne of Michigan State at number three, then C.J. Stroud 4, and Adrian Martinez, who has six rushing touchdowns through five games at number five for, for Nebraska. In that list, I mean, it's the teams that are playing well. Obviously, we'll talk about In Nebraska. The yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about the teams that aren't playing well. And uh, honestly, the bottom of the list as far as the quarterback rating rankings is much more much more interesting than the top to me. But as you look at the top of that list, it's really just been the teams that have played well have the quarterbacks that have played well, and, and the stats just show that so far. I, I guess that's not surprising for the start of a non conference schedule, but. Really, I'm interested to see, again, how a guy like Tungabailoa performs this weekend, how a guy like Peyton Thorne continues to perform as the Big Ten schedule progresses. A guy like Sean Clifford, a guy like C.J. Stroud, I'm not worried about. Adrian Martinez is going to be around, as I said, he's fifth in quarterback rating right now. He'll probably end up around the middle of the conference at the end of the season, too. There's a lot of guys where I, I know about where they're at those are the two really talking about Lowe and Thorne number one and three right now, again, as far as just pure rating goes, where can they end up being at the end of this thing? Where can they end up bringing their teams at the end of this thing? Cause again, they're off to hot starts. Michigan state's in the top 25 established Maryland is on its way. Obviously of course will be, if it knocks off Iowa this weekend, yeah, that those are my biggest question marks, I guess. As far as where they're at, at the quarterback spot right now, if Sean Clifford can go to a next level and bring Penn state to the national national spotlight, obviously that's an entirely different conversation, but I, I think both Maryland and Michigan state are in these spots where if their quarterbacks really excel, they can go from just okay to really being able to pick up like, all right, can this be like a 10 win season? That kind of conversation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's important to note that any quarterback that's in this Big Ten East is going to have some big challenges ahead for him because this is a pretty good division right now with some good quarterbacks and uh, some good defenses. So uh, while getting off to the great start that some of these guys have is certainly commendable, um, you know, I'm not taking anything away from that, you know, going out and performing, that's what you're supposed to do. and, And they've done that. Now, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm very curious to see who's going to rise up now that we're getting back into the full swing of Big Ten conference play pretty much from here through the rest of the season, I believe, for everybody. Uh, there might be a non-conference game thrown in there, somebody. Yeah, yeah. So, so somebody. But, um, you know, this is, this is where you're going to determine whether or not uh, some of those early signs of success were really an indicator of where things are going or if it was a little bit of smoke and mirrors to an extent Uh, because it's going to be a grind, I think, for all these guys in this big 10. So especially some of these younger guys, um, you know, again, I don't necessarily think that age is as important at the quarterback position as it once used to be, uh, given what we've seen in the recent trend here. But I do think experience at some point will come into play for some of these guys. That's why a guy like Sean Clifford, I think, is really relying on some of his experiences so far where he's not making some of the mistakes. Some of these young guys, they may not make a mistake, but they would probably will be more prone to do so when they're in a little bit more of a tense situation. So that's why I'm saying this is going to be a really fun uh, rest of the season, certainly in the Big Ten East with these quarterbacks. Well, I mentioned
0: I think the bottom of this list as far as just quarterback rating goes in the Big Ten is much more interesting than the top At 12 out of 12, I I couldn't figure out what the other school was. Illinois doesn't have a qualified quarterback to put on this list. Uh, I'm I'm trying to – I'll find out what the other school was once I run through the list in a second. But anyway, at 12 out of 12 qualified quarterbacks in QB rating, Wisconsin's Graham Mertz, one touchdown, six interceptions. He's been, I mean, just brutal to watch at times this season, Kevin. It, It unraveled against Notre Dame, of course, last weekend. And this guy has just really struggled to figure out in a way that has been perplexing, if not for the guy we're going to talk about in a minute, Michael Penix Jr., who has had a similar kind of struggling start to the season. But what's going on with Mertz? Can it get figured out by the time Wisconsin needs it to get figured out?
1: I think they need to get it figured out two weeks ago at this point, oh, yeah. the way things are going. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think Paul Chris is a tremendous coach. He has had a lot of success with Wisconsin, but for whatever reason, things are not progressing with his quarterback. So it's a little concerning for me, I think, moving forward, if you're a Wisconsin fan, because Graham Mertz had that brilliant debut, I think, against Illinois in his first game. What was it last year? <laughs> whatever yeah. it was. And then all of a sudden, you know, we haven't seen that Graham Mertz again. He was a guy that came in with that that kind of hype, lived up to it in that first game of his career. And we haven't seen it again since. So there's probably still potential there. I'm not saying that we should be giving up on him entirely. But if you're Wisconsin, how much longer can you go with this? Because you've got a defense. There's no question. Wisconsin has the defense, but they need more out of their offense, and it starts with that quarterback. If the quarterback is not producing, then you got to figure out something else, whether that's going to a backup or just giving them a rest for a game and see what happens. But uh, you know, we've reached a point now where Wisconsin already has one loss in conference play to Penn State in the season opener. They just got humiliated by Notre Dame and Chicago. There's still some really big games ahead for Wisconsin, so you do not want to be making any mistakes with your quarterback position if you have an alternative. And That's, I guess, another question for another day.
0: Yeah, well, I heard plenty of Badger fans online and elsewhere just calling for Graham Mertz's head over the weekend. I mean, you said it. That that team does not need great quarterback play. Defense is there. But mm. one touchdown and six interceptions just is not going to cut it. It's no. Not going to be able to get the job done. Let's move on to the other guy I mentioned, Michael Penix Jr. He's at 11th out of 12 on this list. He's at four touchdowns to six interceptions in big spots has just come up more than short. This guy was one of those that, again, was probably the most hyped up going into the season that we had. And we talked about, again, who's going to be that guy taking over the throne of most exciting, most electric, most marketable player in the Big Ten. Michael Penix Jr. was near, if not at the top of the list. That's out of the question now. This team just barely beat Western Kentucky over the weekend. I don't know what happens next for Indiana, but for Michael Penix Jr., This guy, I mean, I guess he threw for 300 yards on Saturday, which is an improvement, but that was one of the first signs I saw that this guy is someone who's able to play in the Big Ten at all, Kevin. I mean, if you hadn't seen last season, you would think that this guy, oh, this this guy just isn't built for it.
1: This guy hasn't been here before and won't ever be ready. There is no question that he has had his ups and downs. I will say that. And I do kind of wonder how much is he still kind of, is he at hundred percent? Do we know that for sure? Uh, Is that coming into play because he got, he got injured at the end of last season. So I I never know for sure exactly how long it takes the player to to recover fully uh, or if that's really coming into play. Maybe it's a non-factor at all. I don't know, but it is something that's just kind of in the back of my head because he hasn't looked uh, like the same player that I think we all saw last year. And I think, you know, Nate, we both kind of expected that things were going to fall back to earth a little bit for Indiana going into the season. Yeah, But I don't know if I necessarily saw this coming. I thought Indiana was going to be much more entertaining on offense than I think they have consistently been this year. Um, what's next for Indiana? A, a road game at Penn State. Uh, it's a pretty good defense he's going up against and it's also a revenge situation. So it should be very interesting to see how he handles that. Um, You know, I think we'll get a real good taste for what's next for Michael Penix jr. This weekend when they go out to happy Valley. Yeah, for sure. Going to be another big challenge early on
0: for that Indiana team to try and figure out what it is that that team's doing. Exactly. Only other team I wanted to mention here, because honestly, when it comes to these quarterbacks in the middle of the packet, it is what it is. But Iowa Spencer Petrus is right now number nine out of 12. If you go on that list, he has not been great. Four touchdowns, one interception. Iowa hasn't needed him. Goodson's been outstanding. But when it comes to the biggest of the big games, how are you feeling in particular as like a Penn State fan, knowing that Iowa is the biggest competition right now and that it seems like Sean Clifford is the best quarterback out of those teams at the top of the top of the Big Ten. Where do you feel like that advantage gets you in this conference, given one, uh, honestly, how important other things are in winning Big Ten games, defense, running? it, It
1: hasn't always been the quarterback that you need. And I think uh, that's one thing to keep in mind, like every team has a particular weakness that needs to be improved on for Penn state. It's the running game. So the fact that Sean Clifford is having the season he is having so far, it's very encouraging because you know, that Penn state at some point, they're going to take their chances with the big plays. They may not connect on all of them, but they connect on a few per game. And that's really been what's the been getting them by so far this season. So you can't take that away from them, but at some point they're going to need to balance things out a little bit. They need to get that running game going because I don't know if they can rely on Sean Clifford to be keeping up at this level for the the, the second two thirds of this, um, the, the the last back half of the schedule, basically as good as the first few games have been, um, you know, it's again, he is experienced. He's not making mistakes, but at some point they need to help him out a little bit more on the ground. So Penn State in particular, the guy to work on the running game. Other teams, uh, they've got a running game, but maybe they want a little bit more on the passing game. As far as uh, Iowa's concerned, I guess that's a little bit of a concern because when Iowa does go up against a team that can slow down the run a little bit, they're going to need the quarterback to make some plays, right? So uh, you know, do you have enough faith in him right now? I know he had some really good plays against Iowa State a few weeks back, but how consistent are those plays happening for Iowa? So uh, at some point you need to get a pass down the the field here. Uh, Do you trust Petras to make that play? That's a big question. I think we over for, for Iowa because they've got a running game, they've got a defense. So I'm not worried at all about that part. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be that question for Iowa and other teams too.
0: It's weirdly, I think for a lot of teams in the big 10 going to be like, when that defense ends up not showing up at least for like a little bit of the game, what can you do to keep up? So again, That's a question that'll be answered on another day. Kevin McGuire is, of course, the host of Locked On Nittany Lions every weekday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Kevin, before we let you go, we mentioned no one's really taken over this spot of like star player of the conference and and maybe quarterback isn't the right position to even look at to find it. So I guess the question I guess I'll ask will be, where do you think or who do you think will end up being like, what do they call it? Is it Big Ten quarterback of the year? Passer of the year, they have receiver of the year, rusher of the year, whatever it is. Yeah, Who's going to be top in the conference at the end of the year if you had to put your money on it? Is it Sean Clifford with the way things stand right now?
1: I think it might be, because I think he's going to have some really good numbers by the end of this season. And I think Penn State's going to be in a position where if they're not playing for a Big Ten championship, they're going to be going to a New Year's Six bowl game. So I kind of thought that that was the the high ceiling for this team going into the season. But as I said before, this season's going to be Sean Clifford or bust for Penn State. So far, it has not been a bust. So I think this team is going to go as far as Sean Clifford takes them. And I think he's going to take them pretty far into the the postseason. Again, I'm not saying playoff. I'm not necessarily saying Big Ten championship yet. Beat Iowa and beat Indiana in the next couple of weeks. I might be a little bit more optimistic, but I think Sean Clifford's going to have a really good season here. Well, according to the Associated Press, Penn State would be in that playoff if the season
0: ended today. The Nittany Lions number four in the nation and leading the Big Ten in those rankings as we head into the next week of football. It's going to be exciting one for sure might have to get Kevin on here again, at least by the start of next week, maybe to just get his take on, of course, a big game coming up for the Indian Lions, but we'll get him back on at the latest next Tuesday, Kevin, before we let you go, remind the people where they can hear the show and get anything that you're doing.
1: Yes, obviously, Locked on Nittany Lions every Monday through Friday. You can get it on the Odyssey uh, app or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to check us out in video form, you can catch us on YouTube. Just search for Locked on Nittany Lions. We're having a lot of fun uh, getting that channel going. And, of course, you can follow on Twitter at Locked on Nittany. And you can follow me on Twitter at at Kevin on CFB. I almost forgot what my Twitter handle was. But, yeah, at Kevin on CFB. I'm always sharing stuff there, too. So always looking to have some conversations with you guys, too. Well, he'll be back next Tuesday at the latest to
0: talk about, of course, this upcoming weekend of Big Ten football. It's another big week of games across the conference. As as Kevin mentioned, we really get into that Big Ten schedule now this week. Kevin, it's always fun to talk to you. We'll have you back again, of course, on next Tuesday as our Tuesday co-host. I'll be back in just a minute to wrap things up. You're listening in to Locked On Big Ten. RockAuto.com is your one-stop shop for everything auto parts that you might need, whether it's a part or any sort of, I don't know, liquid, fluid. I'm not a car guy. But whatever you need to make sure your car is in tip-top shape, whether it be repairs, upgrades, any of that kind of stuff, as we get into the fall and winter months especially, you can head over to RockAuto.com and make sure you're getting everything you need at the right price and, again, exactly what you need to without having to leave your couch Rock Auto is a family-owned business that has been helping people and do-it-yourselfers for more than 25 years. And even if you're not a huge expert on the stuff, they're going to make sure that you get, again, exactly what you need. And that's something that not every place is going to be able to offer. Well, quite frankly, not everything's going to have what you need the way Rock Auto does. Head on over to rockauto.com and see what I'm talking about. If you need anything for your car... It cannot hurt to at least go over and take a look. If you end up using the service, be sure to let them know that you heard about them from us by putting Locked On in their little How Did You Hear About Us box. BetOnline.ag is back and better than ever for the football season. They've got a brand new website with a whole brand new user interface and also brand new bets too. There's new odds, props, and contests. BetOnline AG continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website and use your mobile device to, to sign up today and also receive your welcome bonus by using our promo code LOCKEDON. If you do it right now, sign up and use our code. You'll get a 100% match on any sort of first deposit you put in, courtesy of the people at BetOnline. It's a great offer that they've been running with us for a while. It was 50% the match before. They've now decided to match it equal to whatever you put in. So head on over there now. Be sure to start making your money on the football games this weekend because it's right around the corner. And, of course, get that free money to play with by using our promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag. Welcome back into the show. Thanks again to Kevin McGuire for joining us, as he does every Tuesday here on the program. Coming up tomorrow, Asher Lowe is back in with us to discuss, well, Whatever happens in the Big Ten over the course of the day today, and anything else, of course, we want to talk about. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, Locked On Big Ten. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Big Ten. That's one zero, not T E N. And follow me on Twitter at Nate with Sports if you're interested in the stuff I'm up to too. Of course, wherever you're listening right now, if you can help us out, subscribe. Rate, five stars, review, any of that stuff, all that stuff. We really appreciate it, and it helps us out over here at Locked On. And, of course, until tomorrow, I will be here every weekday with everything you need to know on the Big Ten Conference. As far as, though, betting on the Big Ten Conference, it doesn't have to be hard. You can make it easy if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.